Hey, church family, welcome. I'm so glad you're here today. Today is a fun day. We're kicking off a brand new series on temptation, and all of us need this series. And I can't think of a better person than Ryan Leak to help us kick off this series. Ryan is one of the most talented persons I know. And he and his, his wife, Amanda, have become friends of Lisa and I. And I'm telling you, I just love the wisdom and the way he loves on people. As you know, Ryan's been with us on our teaching team for the last five plus years, and we have benefited so much. But he is so talented, and the demands on his life and his commitment to his family prevents him from being here as often as he's been in the past. And so I just want to recognize the contribution that Ryan has made in our church and on our staff and with me personally. And um, I just want the church to know how grateful I am. And Ryan, I want you to know, I want you to know how grateful we all are of your leadership and the way you've invested in our church family over these years. We love you so much. We're trying to figure out what a great gift would be to honor you. And I couldn't think of a better gift than a pair of collector item Nike tennis shoes. So someone's coming on the stage right now to present those to you. These are collector items, these are special shoes, and yes, they are size 13 shoes. So, so Ryan, thank you for so all good. you've done. We love you so much. Would you help me welcome Ryan Leak? Thank you guys so much. You are really speaking my love language with these shoes. <laughs> I may hold on to them the entire sermon, but that might be that might get a little distracting. Um, I just wanted to begin today just by uh, honoring pastors Patrick and Lisa Kelly. Uh, they have been incredible to me and my family uh, from day one. Uh, December twenty third, two thousand and sixteen. I got an email from Patrick Kelly. He said, "Hey." I've uh, been watching you, and uh, would you consider uh, coming down to Houston, uh, flying down from Dallas uh, a bunch of times throughout the year, and, and joining our teaching team and being, being our teaching pastor? And then March of 2017, I preached my first message here at River Point West End Church uh, called How to Be Brave. And uh, I believe I was actually wearing this shirt, too, ironically. I just thought about that just now. I was looking at it the other day. And... Um, a lot has changed for me over the last five years, and uh, Patrick Kelly has been in my corner the entire time. I don't have one negative thing to say about River Point West End Church or, or the Kellys. In fact, uh, Patrick has championed uh, my life behind the scenes when a lot of people weren't even watching. There was one time I said something from the stage that was misconstrued by somebody, and they went to Patrick and said, hey, he, he can't say that, and Patrick pulled me to the side, and he said, hey, Ryan, I don't even think you meant to say this, but you did say it. Now, here's the deal. I told them, hey, I don't think Ryan meant to say what you think he said. However, I trust Ryan, and I trust his relationship with God. And if God put that on his heart to say, well, guess what? He's got permission to do that. Now, however, I don't think he meant to say it, and I did mean to say it. <laughs> Nevertheless, I was just so touched that, that he trusted me that he, not like micromanaging, or don't say this, say that. He said, hey, I, I, trust, I trust your relationship with God. Patrick is uh, a big deal, but he never acts like he's a big deal. And I just, I just, I, I love that about him. I love that he's got a passion for so many people that don't know who God is. 
and he has literally leveraged his entire life to help people that don't know God come into a relationship with him. And I'm just lucky to have been a part of that over, over the last five years. Now, five years ago for me, um, my life looked like this. Uh, I would travel and speak um, at a couple of different churches, my home churches in Dallas, and I was the teaching pastor here. Um, throughout the week, all I did was play basketball and write sermons. That was it, okay? Like, I had a great life. It was awesome. So uh, over the course of time, some amazing things have started to transpire. Uh, uh, Patrick connected me with uh, a couple of people with the Houston Rockets, and, and those people got me connected with some other NBA teams, and so I got to work with some, started working with a, a lot of professional sports teams and different things like that. And, and here's ultimately uh, what has happened in, in my life. I actually have a, a whole company, a whole coaching company, a leadership development company, and and, and do a lot of corporate keynotes. And so what would happen is um, I would be teaching somewhere like here on a Sunday and I would be talking about the Bible and I would just submit it in a way to say, wouldn't it be awesome if we all lived like this? If we treated people like this, if we treated people at our jobs like this? And ultimately what started happening is executives at different companies would be sitting in the audience and they would think to themselves, you know what? If my people acted like that, we'd probably be better. We'd, we'd actually probably grow. Our customers would probably have better things to say about us. Hey, Ryan, would you come and give that talk? You just can't use the verses. I'm like, I think I can figure that out. And, and so I just started doing it more and more. And then when I would get there, they would say, our people, they're not Christians, but they responded to you in a way like we've never seen. Will you come back <laughs> and do it? Again, and will you be our executive coach? I was like, what's that? I, you need me to do what? They're like, yeah, would you like help us figure out our life and our business? I'm like, how much? You know, I was just like kind of trying to, <laughs> trying to figure some things out. And then like CEOs and C-suite executives would say, man, I, I don't know how to ask you this. Would you, would you help me with my faith? And so what, what I, so, so again, five years ago, I was just playing basketball during the week. Now I have like a whole staff and a whole company and, and I do about 125 events a year now. And so I just, I'm just pulling back a little bit on the church side, just because, you know, I've got a seven-year-old and a three-year-old. I'm an assistant basketball coach on his team. I got a couple podcasts. I got a lot going on, you know? And so it's interesting. I, I, what I do with companies is really fun because I, I'll go to them and they'll, they'll say, hey, we want you to speak. We just know which, what we want you to speak on. And so I give them a content menu. I say, hey, here's, here's a bunch of different topics on things that I, can, I can talk about. They go, how do you have so many messages? I go, well, I'm kind of like this teaching pastor, which means I got to write new stuff all the time. And so when I do that, it's stuff that I think can, can help you. And so I, I was speaking at um, this top female executives conference a couple of weeks ago. And you want to know the subject they chose? I didn't choose it. They chose. They said, hey, we've looked at all your content. The one we think we need the most is your content on forgiveness. Forgiveness. Will you come? And I'm like, are you sure you want me to come talk to you on forgiveness? They're like, yes, that, that's the thing we need the most. And so I, there's just times where I, I, I pinch myself and I just think to myself, God, did you put me on the planet? to reach people that maybe would never walk through the doors of a church. And here's, here's what I know. And here's, I've, I've lost zero passion for what I do in church and outside of church. It's just that, here's what I know about you, is you've got family and, and friends that may never come. And I just wake up and go, 
okay, let me figure out a way to get to them. And God has just opened up so many doors for me to do that. And, and the church has really, really been a part of that. And so there's, there's no other story. Uh, I think the true story is the best story. There's no scandal. You're not going to find out like something about me soon. Like, it's just like no, it's still just reg- regular Ryan. And uh, the, the biggest transition is me going from a teaching pastor position to uh, just a, a guest speaker. So you can't get rid of me that easy. Okay. So, uh, so it's just, it's frequency and, and different things like that. Also, um, I'd love to stay in touch. And so I actually have a, a, a text that I send out every single week to just keep people encouraged and inspired. Every couple of months, we'll, we'll take prayer requests in there and people that don't know God go, you, you'll pray for my life, you'll pray for my business. And I say, absolutely. And you'd be surprised how many conversations are opened up just through, through text messaging. So there is a Q, QR code that's popping up on the screen. You can take out your phone, you take a picture of that. For those of you that don't know how our QR code works, if you open your camera, it will do the rest of the work for you. Now, um, you scan that QR code, it'll give you an opportunity to literally put my contact information in your phone. And uh, you can blow me up a little bit. And it, it, it'll just, the more you blow me up, the, the longer it's going to take me to get back to you. Nevertheless, I'd love to hear from you and would love to keep you encouraged uh, week in and week out. Now, let's just say you're here today at Riverpoint West End and you have no idea who I am. It's a great day for you. Doesn't matter, okay? Because we're kicking off a brand new series that really is about the assignment that I believe God has given each and every one of us. And what often happens is we have to deal with temptation. So we're starting this brand new series called Lead Us Not But Deliver Us on temptation. And the whole goal of temptation is to get you to get off track from the design that God has for your life. There are three real enemies that you have to deal with and that we're going to talk through in this series. You have the devil, the flesh, and the world. Now, here's the deal. In this series, we want you to understand the right fight. We want you to understand who your real enemy is. It is not your spouse, okay? It is not your neighbor, okay? It is not your boss. It is not your teacher. It is not someone from a different political party. It is not the government. These are not your enemies. You got a real enemy. And what your real enemy would love more than anything is for you to spend energy fighting the wrong enemy. And and so uh, today's message is called the right fight. The right fight. I don't know if you've ever been in a fight before. Anybody ever been in a fight? Just slip up your hand if you've ever been in a fight. All the thugs raise their hand. I see you. I see you. I see you. Okay. Not going to mess with you. Okay. That's cool. I've been in one fight my whole life. Okay. It was with my brother. Okay. I punched him in the back and ran as fast as I could. Okay. I, I'm not one of them. them, them, them like, I, I'm not. I'm not the tough guy. I don't feel like I got to prove nothing to you. Okay, I'm like, I, I, I'm a call my lawyer type of guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, why, why am I fight you? Okay, listen, uh, these paws, listen, I can throw them, but why? For what? Why? Unless you attack, attack my family, it is not that serious to me. I throw something at you, though, like a stroller. I'll do that real fast. <laughs> Diaper bag hit you in your forehead so fast, you wouldn't know what happened. But it's interesting, uh, we have these people in our life that are just uber aggressive, right? 
they looking for a fight. They wake up waiting for somebody to say something or do something. Everybody's on strike too. The world is against them. You're like, hey man, we did work just started. It's nine o'clock. Why are you mad at us? What do we do? And then you got those people that have been in so many fights. It's like they're this is who they are. I don't know if you got any UFC fighter type friends, any boxing type friends. Here's what is amazing to me is that some of the strongest and toughest people in the world can fight a physical battle. They just have yet to figure out a way to win spiritual ones. Some of the strongest men in the world can't break an addiction. Some of them can break bricks, but they can't defeat lust. They haven't figured out a way to win spiritually. And, and so that, that's, that's what this series is all about, is to put you in a position to get a W in the area of your life that matters the most. You need to fight the right fight. I love what Ephesians tells us. It says, put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. The Apostle Paul is pulling the church of Ephesus really close and is going, hey, you got the wrong enemy. I mean, just imagine if you just look to your right, look to your left, and you said, you're not my enemy. You're not my enemy. They're like, what you mean? You, wait, you thought I was your enemy before Ryan said something? What do you mean? He's going, there, there's more going on under the surface than what you can see. You must fight the right fight. And so today, I want to I give us three areas of how the enemy works. Three attack areas, if you will, that we see the devil use these schemes against Jesus. And, and I want to see how Jesus responds to these attacks. And perhaps it will give us some wisdom as to how we can defend ourselves against the attacks of a very real enemy that is the devil. Here is what is found in the Gospel of Luke. It says in Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, he returned from the Jordan and was led by the spirit in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days. And when they were ended, he was hungry. Shocker. The devil said to him, if you are the son of God, command this stone to become bread. The, it's often said, you're not you when you're hungry. A lot of us turn hangry, you know. If I go past noon, some of y'all just gonna start throwing chairs mid mid message, okay? Like like some like there's there's a there's a version of you that's normal and then there's a version of you that's like not normal. There's a version of you that's got coffee in you and then there's that other person that we're all afraid of. You know what I'm saying? But but just imagine if you didn't get your thing for 40 days. And the type of position you would be in the first attack area, I believe that you and I experienced and the one that Jesus experienced was in the area of his appetite. And what this represents is instant gratification. There's something in you and there's something 
in me that has this grand desire to get what we want when we want it. And now we have a culture that has been conditioned by speed, Amazon Prime. We want it right now, okay, as fast as we possibly can. Have you ever noticed your prayer list isn't for that far in the future? When do you want to raise? Yesterday? I mean, it's not just, you're not you when you're hungry. Let's just be honest. You're not you. You're not your best you. When you're lonely. People make the worst decisions in their life when they're lonely. Because in that moment, they think, I want something to fix how I'm feeling right now. And so they pick up their phone and make terrible decisions. This is the first attack area that we see. You need to know that it's coming. You need to prepare for it right now. And ladies and gentlemen, I believe that we fight this attack area by learning to trust God's timing. Learning to trust God's timing. What does that mean? That means that we have to trust that God will bring to us what we need when we need it. And a lot of us get frustrated with God because he doesn't give us what we want when we ask for. But think about that as it pertains to kids. Do you want to know when my son asked me for ice cream? 9.30 p.m. Son, that's a bad idea. For all of us, because you're going you're gonna to be up in the night and then I'm going to be up in the night. And then all of a sudden the whole house is thrown off because you got what you wanted when you wanted it. But it's my job as a parent to say, well, let's just monitor your sugar intake for the sake of our entire bloodline. OK. <laughs> so on some level, there is this temptation that the devil is bringing to Jesus going, man, why don't you just I know how you're feeling in this moment right here, right now, and what you think you need right now. So go ahead, let's just, let's just satisfy this thirst. Let's satisfy this hunger. But I love Jesus' response. <laughs> Jesus answered him, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. There's something about saying it out loud. There's something about when you find yourself in a lonely season and you come to the conclusion that being with somebody is better than being with nobody. At some point, you need to say out loud, I don't know if marriage is everything. I, I, I don't know if that's the only way to live. I, I, I don't, yeah, I've got some friends that are posting some things and I wish that I maybe had some things in their life. However... God has given my life purpose right here, right now. This isn't the only way for me to be satisfied in my soul. In fact, Jesus gives us the secret to, to a truly satisfying life. He tells us this in, in the Gospel of John, chapter 4. He says, my food. Because at one point, the disciples come to Jesus and say, hey, Jesus, you ain't ate all day, bro. You hungry? He goes, oh, in case you didn't know, I, I forgot to tell y'all, my food. It's to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. There is no satisfaction like knowing you are in the center of what God has called you to do. He's going, hey, uh, devil, I, I understand 
It's tempting. But let's just say I turn this stone into bread. It's not going to do for me what living out God's will will do for me. And so sometimes what we have to do is we have to make momentary sacrifices for eternal impact. Sometimes we have to make short-term tough decisions in light of the long-term life we actually want to have. The second area that we see attacked is found in Luke 4 verse 5. It says, and the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time and said to him, to you, I will give you all this authority and their glory for it has been delivered to me and I give it to whom I will. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. No, the enemy comes to Jesus. He goes, hey, uh, I can give you a blue check on your social media profile if you want it. Uh, I can give you millions of followers. I can give you fame. I can give you fortune. Look, it's, it all belongs to me. I can give it to whoever I want. I, I, I just need you to get off of your purpose. I need you to bow down to me. I, I think the attack area number two that you and I experienced and Jesus did too is, well, applause. Their glory. What's this all about? Ego. Beware of likes, comments, and shares, and views. Beware of consistently seeking applause from so many different circles of people. There was a survey done of individuals under the age of 30. 80% of them responded that their desire in life is to be famous. I was talking with a pastor who spends a lot of time with celebrities and people of great influence. He said something to me that I'll never forget. He said, Ryan, we were not made for this much applause. Our souls were not made for fame. He said, we literally can't handle it. He goes, it is no surprise when you see someone that has consumed that much glory that their life falls apart. Why? Because they're a human, not a God. And the minute a human thinks they are a God, is the moment their life falls apart. And so sometimes we're on the sidelines of other people's lives and we're watching them and we think, oh, I want that. Are you sure? It's tempting though, isn't it? It's tempting even at work to cut corners because that's what everyone else did that has the top sales. And we go, well, they got applause and I kind of want what they got. And so it's, it's tempting to see another person's photo with tons of likes and they're wearing a particular outfit and you think, well, maybe I'll just dress how they dress. And, and sometimes, let's just be honest, sometimes it's going, well, they're, they're not wearing that much clothes. So maybe if I wear less clothes, then maybe, maybe I'll get some, some lights too. And then one day you wake up and you realize you're taking your cues from the wrong place. All because you're hoping to get their 
glory. Uh, here's what I love about Jesus. It, it says this about him in the Gospels. It says, and, and they sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians saying, teacher, we know that you are true and teach the way of God truthfully. And then it says this. And you do not care about anyone's opinion for you are not swayed by appearances. Tell us then what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? What an interesting conversation. But I, I, what I want you to see is I want you to see the reputation. I want you to see the reputation that Jesus had. They're going, hey, we know you're just not swayed by this stuff. Let me tell you why he's not swayed by this stuff. When you come from heaven, earth ain't all that impressive, okay? You just... I created the heavens and the earth with that. Now I'm here. I mean, I don't, their glory, come on. It, 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 what, what are we talking about here? But I, I love how we fight this one. We, we, we fight this by worshiping God and giving applause to whom it deserved. We put ourselves in a position to say, I'm going to be honest, I'm not a God. I don't know that I can handle that much glory. It looks great in photos. You might be able to handle it for a day, not eternity, not even 20 years before you're, there's a crack in your soul that you need to go to an actual God to fix. And so I love that Jesus, he says this. He says, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Here is the son of God coming to the planet which any one of us could argue he could have come and said, hey, I'm, I'm the son of God. I'm here to save you. So does anybody have a water for me? Uh, does anybody like serve me? He, go, he goes, <laughs> no, no, I actually came here to serve you. Which, by the way, if you're picking gods, you want that one. Like if you got to line up all the religions, okay, and you want to study world religion, world philosophy, okay, you name one other person that said, hey, I'm here. To help you. That is one of the differentials that you find in Christianity is the guy we're following came and said, yeah, I'll, I'll wash your feet. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to do something for you. That's how he thought. So I think we fight this temptation by not just always deflecting glory. Oh, to God be the honor. I know we can do that. No, no, no. I mean, truly. Not, not for show, but truly going, you know what? I got a feeling that any success that I've had in my life doesn't have to do with just me. Perhaps I've had a little bit more help than I'm even willing to admit. And when we admit that we had help, we get less glory. And that's exactly where you want to be in your life. Because more glory does not mean more happiness. And sometimes we're tempted to believe it. The next thing that we see the enemy try and tempt Jesus with, he says, and he took him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you. And on their hands, they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against 
stone. And Jesus answered him, it is said, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. Sometimes you defeat temptation, but your enemy's waiting for another opportune time as well. So be careful taking a victory lap. The area that I want to zoom in on, on the, the real temptation here, from my perspective, this attack area number three is the authority of Jesus. This is entitlement. This is the enemy testing his identity. If you are the son of God, well, give us a little show, Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, you ought to thank the almighty God I was not Jesus Christ. You ought to thank almighty God I was not sent here to die for your sin. I would have messed up the whole thing right here. Because you ain't going to talk mess to me. Oh, I'm going to prove something to you. I got something. To, what do you mean if I am the son of God? If I'm the son of God, the only way I travel is walking on water. I'll meet y'all over there. I'm, let me just go ahead and slide on over. Like, that's me every day. I'm flying. Everywhere I go, I land. Hey, I'm here. How y'all doing? Good to see you. You good? You good? Water to wine every lunch. Y'all going to be, y'all, it's, it's over. I'm, I got something to prove. You ain't going to be talking to me no kind of way like that, devil. No, I'm going to show you I am the son of God. Except that ain't Jesus. Jesus is going, if I am the son of God, that's your question. It's not mine. And if there's anything I want you to write down this weekend, it's this. When you know who you are, you'll spend less time trying to prove who you are. Do you know who you are? Do you? There was a study done on 10,000 millionaires in the United States of America. Do you want to know the number one thing that millionaires in America spend their money on? Nothing! That's how they became millionaires! I mean, it's just like some of us were just like, no, no, those are the ones with the Mercedes. Those are the ones, the, the average car was a Toyota Camry in a pickup truck. Guess what? They're millionaires, but they ain't got to prove it to you. They don't have to. Prove. When you are the thing, you don't have to prove you are the thing. How many of us are tempted to prove ourselves at work? How many of us are going back to school because we got to prove? How many of us are trying to prove something to our parents? How many of us are trying to prove something to people we went to middle school with and we secretly hope they're watching us on Facebook? Are they watching? Well, you got to prove there is nothing more powerful than a person that wakes up and knows their purpose and has nothing to prove to anybody. Young person, if you are searching for your identity in all the wrong places, you will spend the rest of your life trying to prove something to people that did not give you the gifts God gave you anyways. You want to know what's awesome about Jesus? The beginning of his temptation says he comes from the river Jordan. Do you want to know what happened at the river Jordan? It's where Jesus got baptized. And here's what it says. It says, now when all the people were baptized and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heavens were opened. 
And the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove and a voice came from heaven. You are my beloved son. With you, I am well pleased. You are my beloved son. With you, I am well pleased. We're good. Now, here's the deal. A lot of us think, of course, it's easy to love Jesus. Of course, it's easy to be pleased with Jesus. But this is pre the Jesus you and I know. This is truly BC, BC. Oh, this, this is before walking on water, Jesus. This is before, this is before feeding 5,000, Jesus. This is before raising Lazarus from the dead, Jesus. This is before healing lepers, Jesus. This is before mountain of transfiguration. This is before resurrection, Jesus. This is regular 30-year-old Jesus. And the heavens are opening up. God's going, this is my son. That, 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 that's my kid right there. And I love him. And I'm pleased with him. And so for any of you here that are here today thinking, I, I got to prove something to, to show God that I'm, I'm, I'm a Christian. He's going, if he loved Jesus before he performed, what makes you think you got a chance? What are you going to do? Should encourage humanity everywhere. God loves you. And he's pleased with you, not because of something you've done. You'll never be that good. He's pleased with you because of what his son has done for you. He loves you. And he's pleased with you. And when you walk out your life and purpose through that lens, it will give you more confidence than a degree or any amount of money or any amount of fame. Because when I wake up, I'm not trying to prove something to you. When I wake up, I already know I am loved and God is pleased with me. And so I live from approval, not to get it. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been pre-approved. You've been pre-approved. You've been pre-approved. Not because of something you did, but because of something Christ has done for you. I think we fight this temptation. Not just by remembering who you are, but remembering whose you are. I belong to God. I'm a child of God. My son, who is seven, is just now figuring out what it means to be my kid. And so, um, as I was telling you earlier, I get to work with a few different NBA teams, and so we, we get a little bit more access than the average fan. You should see how my son walks into these stadiums. He walk in the stadium like he owned the team. Hey, Daddy just works with the team, son. We don't own the team. He, he walking on the court. Hey, uh, where, where LeBron at? Hey, hey, we don't know LeBron. Come on, come over here. What are you doing? What are you going to get us arrested? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Like, He's like, but, but my dad, my, he, my, dad, dad, you, we got badges, we can do, he walks in the confidence because we're simply related. Every person under the sound of my voice today, you're a child of God, you should walk like it. 
Oh, you, 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 should, you should walk. And here's the deal. I know there's so many different ways to get different people's attention and climb the ladder of success. But not a child of God. A child of God doesn't have to because their dad owns the ladder. <laughs> I don't got to do that. And I'll trust that God will elevate me when he thinks I'm ready. But guess what? My identity won't change once I climb the ladder. I've already figured out who I am. So when tempted to be swayed to the left or right, digitally or in person, I want to encourage you. Make sure that your identity is in Christ and what he's done for you. There's no better confidence than that. The biggest flex in the world is to let somebody think inaccurately of you and not feel the need to prove them wrong. Because you'll just go, I actually know who I am and I'm still going to walk in the character that God's called me to. And any type of offense or comment that you might get from a coworker or a friend is a temptation to get you out of the character God has already paved the way for you to walk in. So let this summer not be a time where you take a break spiritually. May this summer be a time where you activate your faith more than ever before. May this be a time where you're incredibly intentional to come back to the center to say, I've been striving for all of this other stuff. But I just need to step back and remember that God loves me and he's pleased with me. And I've been pre-approved. And I don't got to work so hard to get this stuff. I work so hard because I'm doing it from a pre-approval status that was given to me by God that cannot be taken away by a man. So if I'm you, that's how I think that you and I fight temptation. Father, I thank you so much for River Point West End Church. God, I pray that you would help us to fight temptation the way that you did. God, I pray that we would not spend one more minute of our life trying to prove anything to anybody. May we remember that we are loved and that you are pleased with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say it. Amen.